Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Wednesday night, Cutting It Right Bible Study once again coming to you with a Bible study for your soul. We come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And we praise Him and we bless Him and we thank Him for doing for us what no one else can do. We invite you to join us and stay with us for a little bit tonight as we go into the Word of God, which is able to do great things for you if you put your faith and your trust in what He says and what He has done for us. Amen. Uh, we are streaming right now live over Facebook live over YouTube, live over Periscope slash Twitter, and live over Spreaker.com. That is our podcast platform. Uh, you go there. We have several other podcasts that we do produce. You go there, and I pray that you'll be blessed. You can also go to our website at thatstheword.org. You can also go to our YouTube channel, That's The Word Ministries. You go there. You can subscribe. I pray that you'll be blessed by doing so. Don't forget that if you are with us tonight, tonight watching over uh, Facebook, don't forget to share this page that others also may be blessed along with yourself. We pray you might take the time out to do that. We invite you. If you are watching right now on Facebook, we see you. God bless you. And also over Periscope. Amen. And we just bless the name of the Lord and we thank him for what he's doing uh, in our midst. We have come to the end of our series that we have been in for the last uh, several weeks exploring the five-fold ministry. And tonight will be our final, our final study, our final lesson on this topic. Next week we'll get into a brand new topic, but we'll wait till the end to unveil our new, a brand new study series. Um, but right now, once again, don't forget to share this page and pray with us right now as we begin our study. Lord, we bless your name. We thank you once again for being with us, for leading us and guiding us into truth. Lord, we pray that you might have your way. As your word is opened up right now, Lord, I pray that you will draw those who need to hear this word tonight. Draw them unto yourself. Draw them unto this place on the World Wide Web. So, Lord, have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Once again, a shout out to all of those who do watch over Spreaker.com, our podcast platform. They listen and they download from across the United States and, yes, from around the world. And we thank you uh, for downloading our podcast. Amen. And we thank you for your support. Well, amen, we've come to the end, as I said, uh, to our study on the five-fold ministry. It's been a very enlightening study, a very powerful study, I believe. If you've been with us, uh, you know this. Uh, and we want to start reading as we have, but we're going to read a little further. We've just been reading just a couple of verses from uh, Ephesians chapter number four, and we're going to go a little further tonight because we want to give you the big picture. The big picture. To now, we've just been talking about... Um, the ministries of the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. But now, tonight, on the last night of this series, we just want to give you an overview of what it all means, what it all amounts to, what it all, what is it all about, and what is the responsibility of each, uh, each ministry, uh, each ministry. Let's leave it like that. Lord, we just thank you. Ephesians chapter number four, verse number eleven, and he gave some apostles. 
and some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness by which they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Amen. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. I know that's a lot. That's a lot to handle. That's a lot to swallow. But we want to bring it all. We want to bring it all together tonight. Now, here, we've already spoken about in the last several weeks about the apostles and the prophets and the, uh, and the evangelists and the pastors and the teachers. We said that the apostle lays the foundation. Or we said that the prophet, they proclaim God's heart. And we said that the evangelist preaches the good news, the gospel. We said that the pastors lead and guide God's people. And we said that the teacher expounds and explains God's truth. That's just in a very, very small nutshell what each what each uh, ministry is all about. We also said that these are not titles. They should not be taken as titles, even though they are used that way. We call ourselves pastor. We call ourselves evangelist. We call ourselves apostles. But these are rather ministry functions. Ministry functions. And those who have been gifted in these particular areas have a responsibility. They have a responsibility. Now, let's go to verse number 12 and begin talking about just what is the responsibility of each member of this five-fold ministry. Just what is their responsibility? It says here in verse number 12, for the perfecting of the saints. Let me define what a saint is, what a saint is. I know what the what, I know what Catholicism says that a saint is one who is venerated. A saint is one who has has a body of work in their life, and usually after they die, they take a vote and they come to a conclusion that this individual is a saint. That's the Catholic way. We don't mean to we don't mean to denigrate Catholicism in any way, shape, or form. But here's what Scripture says. Here's what the Bible says. The Bible says that all of us who are in Christ. Every Christian, every born-again individual is a saint. If you have put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, you are a saint. You don't have to wait until you die. You don't have to wait for you to die and somebody's going to take a vote. You are a saint right now. You are a saint right now. It doesn't matter how bad your day was. doesn't matter what you did or what somebody did to you. If you have put your trust in Jesus Christ and him crucified, you are a saint. And the word saint is from the word sanctified. And the word sanctified simply means holy. By virtue of what Jesus did for us on the cross, we are sanctified. Meaning, he has set us apart. He has taken us out of the kingdom of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of light, into the kingdom of his dear son. That's who we are. We are saints. You are saints. And don't let anybody talk you out of who you are 
in Christ. If you have put your faith and your trust in him. So, one of the responsibilities, one of the responsibilities of each member of the fivefold functioning ministry is to bring perfection to the saints. Perfection. There's another word that needs explanation. When we talk about perfection, we are not talking about perfection as you and I understand the word perfection or perfect. The word perfection in the Bible always means maturity. Maturity. That's what it means. You see, when the church functions, when the church functions as it was meant to, several things will happen. And this is the first thing that begins to happen. This is the first thing. The body is believers are equipped. Equipped. That's that word perfected. They become mature. We are being prepared. You don't give your heart to Christ and you automatically become this great and mighty Christian. It is a process. It is a process. Yes, you are in Christ. Yes, he has put his spirit within you, but there are things that you need to do. There are things that you need to know. There are things that you need to learn. As we'll find out, you need to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. You need to grow. If there is no growth taking place, then the enemy will come and he will bring his deception with him when he comes. You need to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord. So we are told that we need to be perfected. We need to become mature. You can be in church for 20 years, 25 years, 30 years, but you can still be a baby in Christ because spiritually you have not grown. And the only reason that a Christian does not grow is because they have no exposure to the word of God. Lack of exposure to the word of God will leave you stunted in your spiritual growth. You will not know. You, you, you will not know. You will not know truth when you see it, when you hear it. You will easily be taken in by error because you don't know truth from a lie, spiritually speaking. So you need to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord. Prepare yourself. Allow the Lord to prepare you. That's the function of the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher. They all are needed for the church to function properly. Now, also, as believers are being equipped and perfected, this will cause you to become more qualified. More qualified. You see, God has given you a ministry. I don't know if you know it or not. If you are in Christ tonight, God has given you a ministry. You say, what is my ministry? If you've given your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ, if you're born again, the ministry that he has given you is the ministry of reconciliation. The ministry of reconciliation. He has called you out specifically to go and tell others about him. And the message you have to give to everyone else who doesn't know the Lord is, be ye reconciled to God. In other words, repent. You need to get your heart right with God. That is the gospel message. That Jesus Christ has come, that Jesus Christ came and he lived and he died and he rose again. That's the gospel message. And that is good news. That is good news. That's what the word gospel means. It means good news. So the fact that we are being 
equipped means that we are being perfected, means that we are being matured, and that it means that we are being becoming qualified to do that which he has called us to do. We are, we are becoming what he intended for us to be. And so that's what it means to be perfected, perfected. Now, as we go on in this verse, it says, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, the work of the ministry. Now, the work of the ministry is not to be left to those in leadership alone. In other words, if you are not in leadership, it is not for you just to sit back and get spiritually fat and just be fed and fed and fed. Give me the word, give me this, give me that. No, 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 no. The work of the ministry is for the body. God needs to plug you in someplace. God has gifted you. Not only has, not only has he called you into, obviously, uh, the ministry of reconciliation, which we all are in, he has gifted you specifically, specifically. Now, these five gifts that we've been talking about for the last several weeks are, are what we call leadership gifts. But there are gifts. We go to we go to the book of Romans. We're not going to go there. You go to the book of Romans. You go to the book of First Corinthians, and it talks about the 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 enormity of the giftings that are available in Christ, and that the Lord is the one, the Spirit is the one who gives gifts as He sees fit. You have a gift. You have a gift, and you need to live, work, and operate. In your gift. He's given you that gift. Everyone. Everyone in Christ. Everyone who was born again. Has been gifted by the Lord. Now maybe you don't know what it is. But how do you find out? You begin to pray. And you begin to earnestly ask the Lord. Lord. Where do I fit in? In your body. Where do I fit in? But until that time. You do what you know. And that is. Be a minister of reconciliation. Tell others about Jesus. Tell others about Jesus. So the work of the ministry is the fact that ministry will be enhanced as these particular leaders, the apostle, the prophet, uh, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher, as they flourish, as they do what God has called them to do, the body, the body will become enhanced. The work of the ministry for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry for number three the edifying of the body of christ for the edifying of the body of christ when the church is functioning as it is meant to function the church will be edified edified when we talk about edification we're talking about the fact that the church will be established the church will be built up it will be enlightened both mentally and spiritually, the church will be enlightened. It will grow. That's what needs to happen. That's what needs to happen. And that's what will happen when the church is functioning properly. Now, let me make this statement. There is no perfect church. No perfect church. And I'm not talking about denominations. I'm not speaking of denominations. I'm not speaking about whether you're uh, Pentecostal, whether you're Baptist, whether you're Methodist, whether you're AME, whether, I'm not speaking about that. I'm simply saying that if you are in Christ and the 
church is functioning properly, then these things should be taking place. Equipping, enhancement, and edification. They should be taking place in your church. Now, what makes a church not perfect, even though Christ is at the head of the church at large? What makes churches uh, imperfect? People. Because we are imperfect. We are imperfect. The congregation is not perfect, and the pastor or pastors are not perfect. But the pastor needs to be, quote, in touch with the Holy Ghost to make sure that what he or she does is under the umbrella of truth. Once a church strays away from truth and begins to go in another direction, that church is in for difficulty. It is in for difficulty because that church, that pastor rather, is responsible for the spiritual well-being of the congregants. You see, that's a, that's a big responsibility. We spoke several weeks about the ministry of the pastor. Yes, the pastor is responsible. He is responsible for the spiritual upkeep of his or her congregation. He is responsible. He is a he is a overseer. He is a pastor. He is a shepherd. And his job is, his ministry is to watch over the sheep. The congregants are sheep. The pastor is the shepherd, and he should watch over them. Why? Why should we do that? Why should he do that? Because there are wolves. There are those who will come in and try to pick individuals off. And they will be able to pick them off if they are simply churched. If you are a if an individual is a churchian and not a Christian, they are meat on the table for the enemy. The Bible says there are wheat and tares. He says, let the wheat, he says, let Jesus said, let the wheat and tares grow together. Let the wheat and tares grow together. So we need to be very, very careful. We need to be very, very careful, as we always say, who you allow to speak into your life. You need to be very, very careful. Now, as we continue on in verse uh, number 13, verse number 13, how long? Let me ask this question. How long? Because there are many who say that the fivefold ministry is not really for today. That it was only needed and only necessary in the time of the apostles. And once the canon of scripture was closed, once all the apostles had died, uh, that's John the Baptist, John rather, in, in, on the island of Patmos, after he wrote the book of Revelation, after he died, then there's no more need for apostles and prophets, and but we still have evangelists. But we still have pastors and we still have teachers. So there's no need for apostles. and No, no. Here's what it says in verse number 13. For how long? For how long should this last? This five-fold ministry, which, let me, let me make another statement before I move on. The phrase five-fold ministry is not a phrase that you will see in the Bible. Don't look in your concordance. Don't look in the Bible dictionary. You will not find the phrase, or you might find it in the Bible dictionary, but the phrase is not in your Bible, five-fold ministry. We only, we only derive that particular phrase from apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Two, three, four, five. Five-fold, and he gives 
These are functions. So we call it, it has been called a five-fold ministry. Now, this model is still in place, as we read in verse number 13, till we all come in the unity of the faith. Till we all come in the unity of the faith. Now, at what particular time will we all be in the unity of the faith? Now, if you want to talk about denominations, we will. there will never be a time, there will never be a time where we are all together as far as a body of truth. We have, we have an understanding of the basics. We have an understanding of all the basics. We know that Jesus Christ came that Jesus Christ lived, he died, we know that he rose again, and we all believe that he's coming again. That's where things begin to get a little shady. Not shady, but that's when things begin to get a little uh, a little difficult. Because different denominations have different understanding of different verses from the Bible. And this is why individuals become confused. Well, what if this is right? And what if that is right? And what if that is right? Listen, we cannot major on the minors. As long as you know Jesus, as long as you have Jesus in your heart, you will make heaven your home. As long as you have Jesus in your heart, okay? But we must be careful. At the same time, we must be careful of false doctrine. We must be careful of false teaching. This is why we stress this so much in this particular ministry, that you need to be plugged into a good Bible study. You need to make sure that you grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord. You need to make sure that you discern everything that you hear. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1 says that we need to try the spirits or test the spirits to see whether they are of God or not. Because the spirit of Antichrist is in the world. And he was talking about then. But it is still true today. The spirit of Antichrist is alive and well in the world. In the world. And so we need to make sure, we need to make sure that we hear it right, we need to make sure that we speak it right, and we need to make sure that we live it right. We need to make sure. We need to make sure. So the church is edified. Uh, Ephesians chapter number 4, verse number 13. It's until we all come to the unity of the faith. The unity of the faith. That's talking about the entire body of Christian truth. The entire body of Christian truth. Specifically, specifically, Jesus Christ and him crucified. Jesus Christ and him crucified. That is where everything sprouts from. That's where everything comes from. That's the foundation. Jesus Christ and him crucified. We need to have an understanding of what Christ did Rather, what Christ accomplished on the cross. There was so much that was accomplished by Christ on the cross. It wasn't just that he died and then in three days he rose again. It was so much more than that. So much more than that. You have to go to Colossians chapter 2 verses 15 and 16. 14, 15 and 16. It gives you a small overview of just what happened when Jesus died on the cross. You see, Satan was defeated. He was made null and void. His power was snatched away from him. Oh, yes, he still operates very 
uh, 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 very wickedly in this world. The Bible says that the entire world is under the control, or rather the sway, or in the hands of the evil one. Yes, he still has power over those in the world who do not know Christ, but he has no power over the child of God, only the power that we allow him to have. And please don't take it to mean that I'm saying that Christians are sinless because Christians are not sinless. Christians can do some very wicked things. Christians are not perfect. They are not perfect. We are not perfect. Let me put myself in there. We are not perfect. But we carry his spirit in us. He has given us the divine nature. We don't try to sin. We don't wish to sin. We don't desire to sin. We want to please the Lord Jesus Christ because he has done so much for us. And so we will be in this mode. The apostles and the prophets and the evangelists and the pastors and teachers, this model will be until we pass or until the Lord comes. It says until we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. The knowledge of the Son of God. We already talked to you from 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 18 where it says to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord. You need to know about the Jesus that you serve and not just head knowledge. No, 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 no. Don't get it. Don't don't get it twisted. It's not just about knowing that Jesus died on the cross. It's not just about knowing that Jesus died on the cross and he he raised, he rose again on the third day. It, it's not about knowing the Easter story. It's not about just knowing about the story of Daniel and the lion's den. It's not about knowing all of these different stories that we see in the Bible. Knowledge is good. Knowledge is good. The problem is that we know what the Bible says, but we don't know what the Bible says. And that is a problem. That is a problem. We remember everything that we were told in Sunday school, but we don't live it out because we've never received it. We've never received, we've never accepted Christ for ourselves. And we talk ourselves into believing that, yes, maybe I am. You need to know. You need to know that you know that you know that you are in Christ. You need to know. You need to know. So this bottle of the fivefold ministry is a process that is still present today and it's still working and it ought to be working in our churches. 13 continued. Verse 13 continued. Unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Unto the measure and stature of the fullness of Christ. Now I want you to look at verse number 14. Because verse number 14 is a very, very important, it's a very vital verse. Here's what it says. We need to grow into this perfect man or this mature individual, this person that the Lord wants us to be. We need to grow into that person so that we henceforth, verse number 14, be no more children. Children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. Ladies and gentlemen, there are winds of doctrine that have blown into our churches. There are winds of doctrine that have blown into Christendom. And they need to be confronted. And they need to be attacked. And they need to be strangled and taken out. Not people, not people. I'm talking about false teaching. False teaching. Every wind of doctrine, everything new that comes up, it sounds good. Oh, it's good. 
money cometh, and all of these types of things that churches and pastors are getting caught up in. And we need to be very careful because these are the winds of doctrine that will blow, that will blow the child of God away if they are not biblically literate. If you are not biblically literate, if you don't know what scripture says, you can be blown away by a wind of doctrine. Something that is false, that will take a hold of you. See, you have to be careful not to desire to be told good things about yourself. See, that's what's going on around a lot today. Number one, we have a lot of prophetic overload. Prophetic overload. Everybody has a prophecy for you. Everybody wants to tell you what God said concerning you. God can tell you what he wants you to know. He can tell you exactly what he wants you to know. So not that, once again, we're talking about the ministry of the prophet. Prophets do exist. There are legitimate prophets that exist in the world today. But they speak for that which God has spoken. They must not speak from their own understanding, from their own mind, from their own brain, from their own what they think they know. That's not how a prophet operates. A prophet cannot come to you, know your situation, and try to give you advice and tell you what prophecy comes from the Lord. If a prophet comes to you and tells you something and it does not come to pass, you know what that means. You know what that means. He was not prophesying. He was what? He was prophesying. You need to make sure that you know the difference between the two. You need to make sure you know the difference between the two. So the child of God, uh, the child of God needs to become mature. You cannot be tossed to and fro here and there and everywhere by every wind of doctrine. Oh, this sounds good. Oh, I like that pastor. I'm running over here. Oh, he has a good word. I'm going over there. You cannot become a Christian vagabond, a wanderer going from place to place looking for a word that's good. You will wind up being, as scripture says, someone who has itching ears. Always want to be told what's good. Always want to be told what's what's going on. That, that, that's nice. That's right. Give me a good word of prophecy. Could be, tell me something. Listen, no. No, we must make sure that we stay inside the parameters, inside the guidelines of scripture. Inside the guidelines of scripture. We can't live in that. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go there. I'm going to go there. We, can't li we, we cannot have that Chaka Khan mentality. Tell me something good. No, 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 no. Tell me the truth. Don't tickle my ears. Tell me the truth. The truth. This is what you need to hear. The truth. And sometimes... The truth is not pretty. Sometimes the truth is not inviting. Sometimes the truth is not, is not pleasing to the ear. But truth will set you free. Rather, it will make you free. That's what Jesus said. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. And so we have to stop being pulled in by every, every person that wants to tell you something good. Everything is not good. We need change. I need change. You need change. We need change. Everything is not 
happy, happy, joy, joy. It's just not. Judgment must begin in the house of God. Judgment must begin in the house of God. Let's continue in verse number 14. That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness by which they lie wait to deceive. There are people out there. Ladies and gentlemen, I, 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 don't, I, I don't like to say it. I wish I didn't have to say it. But there are crooks out there. There are crooks out there. They'll take your money as quick as they'll bat, you, bat an eye. They'll, they'll rob you. They'll tell you. They'll tell you just what you want to hear to get what they want from you. And they, they, will, they will tell you, listen, trust me, there are crooks. Christian crooks. And I, 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 I'm being playful with the word Christian. If they're a crook, they're, they're not Christian. There are people that will intentionally try and manipulate you. Intentionally. They are there. And we are living in that day. They lie and wait to deceive. They lie and wait to deceive. Now, as we've been talking, we've been talking about the church, how the church functions, and the fact that the way the church does function, if it does function properly, uh, the church will flourish. We told you that uh, believers will be equipped. We said that the ministry will be enhanced. We said that the church will be edified. Now, here from verse number 15, we see that if the church functions as it should, that Christians will be established. We talked about this, verse 15. But speaking the truth in love, may grow up into him in all things who is the head, even Christ. We need to grow up. When the fivefold ministry is at work, we can grow up. When you have a teacher who is teaching truth, you can grow up, but you have to be willing to sit under his or her teaching. And you have to be able to discern whether what they are saying is true or not. You have to be able to discern. Pastors. Pastors also teach. We talked about this for several weeks. Pastors not only are to guide their particular congregation, but they are to teach. They should be able to teach. Now, here's the truth. A pastor should be able to teach, but every teacher is not a pastor. All right, let me repeat that. A pastor should be able to teach and should teach, but every teacher is not a pastor. Okay, every teacher is not a pastor. So, if the teacher is teaching right, and the pastor is pastoring right, and the evangelist is evangelizing right, and the prophet is prophesying right, and the apostle is apostolizing right, I just made that word up, Apost not apostasizing, apostolizing right you yourself will grow you will grow up as it says in verse 15 you will grow up into him in all things who is the head even christ okay now when you go down to when you continue right there in verse number 15 it talks about the fact that christians will be established and in verse number 16 here's what it says it's a lot here but here's what it says from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted 
by that which every joint supplies according to the effectual working in the measure of every part. Let me let me put that in a very few words. The Christian will be, the church rather, will be effective. Effective. When we talk about the effectual work, and it's talking about, it talk, it talk, it's talking about uh, energized. It's talking about the church will be energized. The church will be empowered. Uh, the church will become more efficient when the five-fold ministry is at work. The church will be more efficient, more efficient. And you yourself, we ourselves, we will become more efficient. You see, as the, as the five-fold ministry becomes more and more prominent, as those who are gifted with these five-fold ministry functions, as they function properly, as they function properly, all of these things will take place. There will be equipping, there will be enhancement, there will be edification, there will be establishment, and there will be effectiveness. Now let's continue in verse number 16. The effectual to the effectual working in the measure of every part maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Maketh increase of the body. Increase of the body. When the fivefold ministry is functioning as it ought to, the congregation will be enlarged. Enlarged. That's what it means when it says, make it increase in the body. The body will be enlarged. You see, by an enlarged body, that means that when every, every part is clicking properly, that means that the gospel is being preached. And when the gospel is preached, when the truth of the gospel is preached, when we lift up Jesus Christ and him crucified, men and women will be convicted in their hearts and they will come to the Lord. They will come to the Lord. You see, that's one of the things that is missing in the church today. People are just becoming churchified, but they're not becoming sanctified. And that's not good. We go to church, and we go to church, and we go to church. And it's good to go to church. But we are leaving the same way we came. God wants to work in your heart. God wants to do great things. God wants to bring deliverance. You have problems. You have difficulties. You need to. You need to. You see, we want to have our cake and eat it too. We want to be able to still live our life, but we still want him to help us out. We go to him when we need something. We say, Lord, I need you. I need you. Help me. But then if he does help us, we go right back to where we were. No, 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 no. He wants, he wants surrender. The Lord wants surrender, submission. You see, when the word goes out properly, it will bring conviction to the heart. Conviction to the heart. That means the Holy Ghost will begin to work in your heart and show you your need of a savior. Show your need of a savior. See, too many times, too many times we mistake, uh, we mistake what God does for us. We attribute it to God, but we still don't turn around and give him our life. 
And that is a problem. We need to give him our life. We are what we we are what would we call people become what we call nominal Christians. Nominal Christian. What is a nominal Christian? A nominal Christian is a Christian who is a Christian in name only. I call myself a Christian. I call myself a Christian because I attend church. I call myself a Christian because I have a relationship with the pastor. I know the pastor very well, and I attend there. I may even be involved in ministry in some way, shape, or form, and that qualifies somehow you to be a Christian, but that's not what makes a Christian a Christian. Having a relationship, having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, that is what makes a Christian. Have you been convicted of your sin? Are you aware of sin in your own life? Are there ways and practices in your life that are not godly? And don't get me wrong, all of us, none of us are perfect. None of us are perfect. Not even those of us who have given our heart to Jesus. We still have flaws. We still have nooks and crannies. We still have cracks and crevices in our life. But we give those things over to him. And we trust him that he will bring us to a place of maturity. But if you are simply if you are simply going through the motions, if you are simply doing those things that you know to do, but your heart is still not right with him, you need to have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. A relationship. And he is ready, willing, and able. The Bible says that he, him that come to him, he will in no wise cast out. He will cast no one aside. He will push no one away. If someone comes to him because they are being convicted, there is a purpose. Conviction comes because it's the Holy Spirit saying, come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. If you feel that little twinge in your spirit, that little, that little, that little something that you really can't explain. Why do I feel this way? Why, why do I feel that as I need, as if I need to pray, as if I need to get things right? That's the Holy Spirit drawing you. The Bible says, No man can come to him unless the Spirit draw him. He draws us, he pulls us in. That's what the Word of God does. When the word of God is preached in truth, it will bring conviction to the hungry heart, to the searching heart. And it brings change. It brings change. That's, that's what the gospel does. So the fivefold ministry, when the fivefold ministry is working in unison with the power of the Holy Ghost, we will see things change in our life and in our churches. When we align ourselves with his program, when we do as he has called us out to do, when we do things the way he has said for us to do them, we will see fire. Holy Ghost fire. That fire will be in our churches and that fire will be in our hearts. But there needs to be submission. There needs to be submission. So the fivefold ministry is alive and well and it needs to be working in a church near you, where you are. It needs to be at work. It needs to be at work. Amen. So we bless the name of the Lord and we thank him for this time of sharing. We thank him for giving us this opportunity uh, to open up his word. If you're watching over Facebook, don't forget to share. Don't forget to share uh, this page. If you're watching on Periscope, don't forget to retweet that others also may be blessed. We're going to pray right now. 
give you an opportunity to give your heart to the Lord, give you an opportunity to, to draw closer to him. So Lord, we bless your name right now. Lord, we thank you for once again giving us this opportunity to bless your name, to speak your word. Lord, there are many who are watching and listening. Many may not know you. Maybe many who are listening have a life of church, but do not know you personally. Lord, I pray that you will bring conviction to their heart and their life. Lord, I pray you will draw them to yourself. If you are watching, listening right now, if you don't know the Lord for yourself, I'd like for you to pray this simple prayer. And the Lord will hear your prayer. Remember we said that he will in no wise cast you out when you come to him. If you sense a conviction in your heart, if you sense the need to get your heart right with him right now, just pray this prayer. Just pray this prayer. It's not in the prayer. It's not in the prayer. It's, it's by faith. We are saved by grace through faith and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. Just pray with me. Just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, forgive me right now of my sin. Lord, I am sorry. Lord, I sent your presence in my spirit. And Lord, I thank you that you died for me. Lord, I thank you for forgiving me of my sin. Lord, help me to live for you all the days of my life. Lord, I thank you for what you have done and for what I believe that you are going to do. I thank you for your salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, I pray for those who do know you tonight, who are watching or listening. Lord, I pray that these words about the fivefold ministry have been an encouragement. Lord, I pray that you will equip us, that you will prepare us. Lord, that you will enlighten us. Lord, that you will bring us to that place of unity of the faith. Help us to be that perfect individual, that one who is mature. Lord, have your way in us. Work through us, Lord. Speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, we bless the name of the Lord and we thank him once again for giving us this opportunity. This is the Cutting It Right Bible study. We come to you every Wednesday night at this particular time. We thank the Lord for giving us this opportunity. And coming up next week, next week we will start a brand new study series, a brand new study series entitled The Lost Cross. The Lost Cross will be we'll be starting a practical study uh, on the need to come back to Jesus Christ and him crucified. And we'll study about what it means, what it means to be in Christ. We'll talk about uh, the aspect of the law. We'll talk about just what happened at the cross. It's a, this is probably uh, our most important study that we've done to date. And so we pray that you will be able to join us. Uh, that's beginning next week. Uh, at this time at 8.30 p.m. Amen. Live over Facebook, YouTube, um, Periscope, Spreaker. We pray and Facebook. Don't forget Facebook. And I pray that you'll be able to join us. This ministry is also, uh, you can find all of our podcasts over Spotify, Google Podcasts, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, and iHeartRadio. We're soon coming to... We're soon to be coming uh, also on Deezer, uh, and we'll be coming on Podcast Addict, and we'll be coming on CastBox uh, very shortly. You can find all of our podcasts there. Amen. 
So we thank the Lord for what he's doing in our midst. Don't forget to go to our YouTube channel and subscribe. Don't forget to share this page. If you're watching over Facebook, do not forget. Sharing is caring. Amen. I'm Pastor Michael Jakes. Thank you for joining us on the podcast one more time. Thank you, Spreaker, for listening and for downloading. We see you. We thank you for all that you do. We thank you for your support. This is me. That's you. We'll see you next time. God willing. God bless you. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.